Welcome to the Practical Idealist Podcast. Welcome to the Practical Idealist Podcast, aligning what is good with what is possible. I'm your host, Allison Bueller, Director of the Homestead Education Center, and the focus on this show is real change for better health, home, and community. This show is produced by the Homestead Education Center, a nonprofit organization located in Starkville, Mississippi. Our mission is to provide information, education, and events that promote purposeful living for better health, home, and community. Our focus this spring has been on strengthening our local economy. If you've been following us on our Facebook or Instagram pages, you know that our Keep It Local campaign was off to an exciting start with over 30 local businesses signing on as partners. Members of the Homestead received a Keep It Local card that provides discounts and gifts with all of our local partners. And now we're all stuck in our homes. It's going to be more important than ever to support local businesses when we come through a period of social distancing. And we'll keep you updated on all of our efforts to do that. If you're not local, we're documenting all of our efforts so that you can continue those and replicate our successes in your community. This has been a tough week around the world. I'm on day three of self-quarantine with my three children, and currently they'll probably run through here during this podcast. You may hear them. The stock market is tanking, and there's a growing understanding of the seriousness of coronavirus. And there are so many people out of work and wondering how they're going to pay the bills. It's easy to become overwhelmed. I've always found that what keeps me from despair is taking small, proactive actions. Today, we're going to look at what we can do to boost our immune systems with materials from our own backyards. Our guest today is Lydia Coltai. She's a local herbalist from Oxford, Mississippi, who has taught at the Sacred Waters Herbal Retreat for Women of Color, and she also teaches with the Oxford Herbalist Guild. Thank you so much for joining us, Lydia. Hi, thanks. Tell us a little bit about how you got into herbalism and and where that began in your journey. That wasn't your your official training in school, right? No, um, I actually learned about herbal medicine through studying permaculture design um, in college and learning about indigenous people who um, had used plants for medicine for all time, basically. You are, I mean, you're a plant wonder to me. I've seen everything that you grow. I buy half the things you grow when you come into our community for our garden. But what can you tell us about the power of plant medicine just in general and food and and plants as food? Well, plants to me are a really amazing ally to have, especially in times like this, because plant medicine has the potential to really build health for our bodies as opposed to just um, addressing symptoms or suppressing symptoms. So um, there are so many uh, wild nourishing plants in our backyards right now because where we are in Mississippi, we're just getting into spring and a lot of those plants have way more vitamins and minerals than anything you can buy at the grocery store or even at the farmer's market. And then and there's so many plants that also can help support and build your immune system to help you avoid getting sick in the first place and then help you deal with symptoms if you do happen to get sick. 
So why are the plants that are blooming right now more powerful than like what you say you can get in a pill form or in, even through the farmer's market? It has to do with um, soil health and also just the fact that, um, you know, our ancestors ate a much wider variety of plants than we tend to eat today with the modern diet. And so uh, there's just way more nutrients available in wild plants typically than there are available in the plants that we've bred to be, you know, sweeter or more beautiful or um, can store or travel better um, with the vegetables that we eat today. Okay. So tell us what's in our backyards right now. What's popping up? It's spring here where we are early spring, but what's popping up and what can other people expect to see when it when things bloom where they are? They are. Okay, there's there's so many right now. The one of the first plants that I actually ever worked with medicinally or edibly is chickweed. Um, its scientific name is Stellaria media. And it's pretty abundant right now. It's just starting to go to seed in some places, but I've got lots of patches that are really great for harvesting. And it's a very, um, it's kind of a taste neutral plant. It's um, very mild tasting. You can harvest a lot of it at a time and then use it as the base of a salad. You can add it into scrambled eggs or omelets. And it's high in lots of vitamins and minerals and, um, and very abundant. And it's actually a non-native plant. So it's one that you don't have to stress out too much about over-harvesting. Um, another really common one that everyone probably knows is dandelion. And um, every part of dandelion is edible. The flowers... There's ways to prepare the stems, the leaves are edible, and the roots are edible. And that's another one that's really nutritious. It's got um, a good bitter flavor, so it helps stimulate your digestive system, uh, which is something that we all kind of need. And then, um, yeah, it's just a really good one to add in. I add it usually like a little bit to salads or um, with any kind of cooked greens I make. And you can also make herbal vinegars with these plants and then use the infused vinegar um, in your cooking or in bone broth just to boost your nutrients. Nutrient nutrient density density is what we're we're looking looking at, at, right? Yeah, absolutely. How do you identify chickweed? I remember when an herbalist came to our yard and I thought, chickweed, well, that sounds neat. Where is it? And I was just amazed that it was everywhere when she showed me where it is. So I'll put a picture of it in the show notes where people can find it. But can you describe the little, the white flowers and how people might find it? Okay, it has five um, petals, five white petals on the flower, but it looks like 10 petals because each petal is so deeply divided. It's very tiny, the flower, and the leaves are opposite, so they grow um, opposite of each other, and then when it uh, goes down to the next node, they're coming out opposite from the other direction. And then another really good way to tell if it's actually chickweed is if you pick a stem and look really closely at it. It has a line of white hairs that travels between the the leaf nodes. And that 
uh, line of hairs will change direction and go um, up a different side of the stem between each. And there are all kind of apps you can get on your phone that you can carry around with you to start identifying. Is there anything else that's very common right now that we could look for? Yeah, there's um, two plants that kind of get confused for each other, but they're both edible. Um, one is called henbit and the other is dead nettle. Mm -hmm. Those are, are good ones to throw in. Uh, I really like to just even pick the flowers off of the henbit and add that to salads. Um, violets, you know, are starting to bloom here now. And they're just a beautiful way to boost um, your antioxidants. They've got the, the um, bioflavonoids from the color of the flowers. And so that adds nutrients to your... Uh, to your foods and you can also eat the leaves. I tend to to like to wait till the leaves are a little bit bigger a little later in the season but the flowers are great to add to add them to salads or um, you can put them in a quiche or anything like that. Yellow dock is another one that that people eat um, the leaves of and the one thing to know about that one is it is high in oxalic acid so it's usually not recommended to eat a lot of those raw but if you want to add it to cooked greens or even just a little bit raw in salads really good and then um, sorrel is another one that's got that kind of sour lemony flavor that's how you can tell it's got the oxalic acid mm -hmm. but we'll pick the flowers of those and add to salads or just add a little bit of the leaves to our salads as well and um, I, we really just like to get a wide variety of plants and and to add a lot of different wild plants in with our food to you know make sure that we're kind of covering all our bases as far as nutrient density goes yeah and yeah, that's and what that's dr what terry walls and mark hyman and all the integrative docs talk about your your cells need to be fed to function correctly and what we're we're talking about we're, you know we're, we're all going to be exposed to th this virus eventually it's going to make its way around but how is our body going to react to it is it going to be strong and 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 fed in a way that it can combat it or is it going to be you know, nutrient deficient. And so this is just a really good and practical way to increase the minerals and vitamins that we're getting. The, the food that we eat, the normal diet that Americans eat is just, is it's very small. It's very small number of vitamins and nutrients that we, that we get and minerals. And so this is just a really easy, free way. And, it, and since we've all got time right now at home with our our families, this is a good time to learn something new, to look out in our backyards and find what, what we can that, that would really strengthen our bodies. Can you tell us a little bit about, okay, so people that are listening that it's not spring where they are, uh, we've got people actually all around the world that listen, but, uh, or, or they're just not in, they don't have the same plants that we do. What are some things that they could ask a local herbalist for that, that, that they would have um, preparations made up or could order online themselves? Sure. Um, one of the ways that I really love to incorporate more um, nutrients to our diets is um, drinking nourishing herbal infusions. So with that, you would take um, a food-like herb and use an ounce of that 
to a quart of water, of boiling water, mm -hmm. and then let it sit for eight hours. Usually I do it at night before we go to bed and then strain it in the morning. And some herbs that you can use for those are oat straw, red clover is another good one. Um, stinging nettles is very, very nutrient dense. It's high in chlorophyll. So it's got a lot of, of great vitamins. It's high in iron, I know, and really high in calcium as well, like higher than milk even mm -hmm. in calcium. And then um, other herbs that I really am using a lot with my family right now, we're using a lot of immune supportive and immune modulating herbs. And so um, one thing that I like to do is make a bone broth blend and I do sell it and I know that there are several herbalists locally and just everywhere who um, make bone broth blends. And mine has um, stinging nettle, calendula, it's got three different um, immune supportive medicinal mushrooms and then it's got two different types of seaweed in it. And the, I use that just, I put it in a little, um, a little mesh bag and put it in with any kind of soup I'm cooking or if I'm making actual bone broth and just let it simmer in there and all of that, um, all the nutrients and the uh, properties of those herbs get into your soup and then you feed it to the family and it doesn't, it doesn't add a whole like strong flavor to it. So everyone's just happy to eat it. And um, another one that we've been using a lot is um, I make a, an adaptogen chai blend, which is mm -hmm. a few different um, herbs that are also immune supportive. So astragalus root is a really great one. Um, it not only supports the immune system, but it really supports the lungs which is something that we need to be thinking about with, with this particular illness. It seems to be really affecting people's respiratory systems. So anything that you can use that's going to support your respiratory health, particularly if you have a weak respiratory system, is really good to be focusing on right now. And um, so my, my chai blend is just different herbs and then I have chai spices in with it and my kids all like it and so we've been drinking that daily. The so, um, mullein leaf is another one that you could purchase online from uh, I usually order from Mountain Rose Herbs so there's several um, you know reputable herbal suppliers that you could get it from and um, that's another one that you can make as an infusion and so I actually do have a child who tends to um, to get respiratory gunk and get these coughs that are kind of hard to get over. And so we use mullein with her pretty much from fall through winter, especially just making sure that she has a cup of that every day if possible. And she loves the taste of it. So it's not a hard one to get people to drink and a really good one to incorporate preventatively but then also if you do catch something you can use that to help pull mucus out of the lungs and and clear those unproductive coughs 
That's really good information. Thank you. I keep hearing about elderberry tincture and, you know, we've ordered from our local herbalist, we, but we've gone through it already. We should have gotten more and I should have made more. Um, can you talk about that? Sure. Um, I make elderberry syrup here in, in my community and there's, there's a variety of different elderberry preparations you can use, but elderberry syrup is very easy to make yourself at home. If you just order the berries, um, pretty much it's just um, a cup of berries to five cups of water, and then you simmer that for 20 minutes. I like to add cinnamon, cloves, and ginger in with mine, and you can customize it um, to, you know, make it different ways. So you could add astragalus root if you want to get some of that lung and immune supportive properties in there. Um, and then you just simmer it for 20 minutes, strain it, and you add, I add equal parts um, of that tea to honey to make it thick like a syrup. And of course, honey has its own medicinal properties too. And we tend to use that. We'll take like a spoonful. The kids have like a teaspoon and, and the adults have a tablespoonful daily um, to just boost and support your immune function so that if you encounter something, your body's able to, to fight it off. And then also if you catch anything, taking it more frequently will help reduce your symptoms and it will shorten the duration of the illness. And there's actually been several scientific studies showing that elderberry really does shorten flu by three or four days so it's a really good one to have available you know when you're dealing with with illnesses like this one that is great information so we can't do a crash course in herbal preparations on this podcast but what are some places you can point us to if people want to learn more about how to prepare just some very simple, basic formulas to have on home at, on hand at home? Uh, well, one of my favorite websites, um, well, the herbalist's name is Rosalie De La Foray, and her website is herbalremediesadvice.org. Mm -hmm. And she just has a wide range of profiles on different plants and very simple, basic information but she includes scientific studies with each plant and there's a lot of information on there just to get you started and help you feel like you're on the right track and kind of solid with it. And then another website that I really like um, for beginners that would have more of the how to make, you know, various preparations is learningherbs.com mm -hmm. and it's, it's a free website. And they have a lot of information on. And how can we find you? Where do you hang out online? Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. I haven't quite gotten the website built yet. It's a work in progress. But if you search Elder Moon Apothecary on either Facebook or Instagram, you'll, you'll find me there. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for anybody that wants to contact Lydia. Are you open to answering questions on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, I, I'm better at answering questions on Facebook because I, I somehow I can't find the messages on Instagram. I know, I'm so, I, that, it's just a generational problem. I have the same thing on Instagram. 
But I so appreciate your time. And I know you're busy with all your kids and your family. And so I thank you so much for spending time with us today. And I know you've given people a lot of great information just to get started. So we want to have you back on and, and maybe we'll dive deeper once things calm down a little bit in the world. Sure. Yeah, well, that sounds great. All right. Lydia, thank have a you. Great day. I'd just like to tell you to have a good week with your family, to enjoy time outside, to learn something new. And I'd like to end with a poem by Laurie Kelly Fanucci. When this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger, full shelves at the store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, Friday night out, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be, we were called to be, we hoped to be, and may we stay that way, better for each other because of the worst. Great day. All right, you too.